The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ivan in for Pat. Well, last week on the show, we spoke to a protest outside uh, Leinster House about creches and childcare facilities closing and they were urgently looking for government help. Today, we're coming back to that topic of the cost and availability of childcare for small infants um, and, and the impossibility uh, of the situation of mothers. We're joined in the studio by Michelle O'Keefe, who is co-founder of Platform 55, a group that supports and coaches employers groups on how to deal with family issues of employees. And joining us on the line is Sinead O'Moore, a mum of two and host of the Stretch Marks podcast, who recently wrote an article, uh, The Broken Cradle, which has got a huge reaction online. Michelle, if I could start with you, first of all, who who are Platform 55? Sure. Uh, Platform 55 is a two-year-old Irish startup and we recently came second in the uh, Dublin Tech Summit as best tech startup. So we're doing quite well, but the platform itself was built to support 55% of the workforce who are parents. And that's where the name comes from. And we're supporting them through any major life event from fertility all the way through to menopause. But on the other side of that, and the most important part, is we coach and train managers on how to support employees through major life events. And that's typically where we see attrition. Um, and specifically then, you did this survey about childcare and I, I, I was shocked by this. 85% of mothers leave full-time employment. So that's not leaving employment entirely. They could go from five down to four days or whatever within three years of having their firstborn. There's a couple of, so I had four kids, right? And a hundred years ago and all that good stuff. Uh, but I found, and, and I have three grandchildren under the age of three. And I and they're both full time working parents, and I see the difference. I find you can sort of juggle one child, but when it gets two, it becomes very difficult. So, in that statistic, do you have any other statistics to say when the second child appears, uh, uh, what the statistics are? Yeah, sure. Typically, as the the number of children increases, the attrition increases as well. It becomes um, less manageable. But also, as, as Sinead's article uh, stated, the cost of childcare goes up. Um, at one point, I had two children in full time childcare, and it was double my mortgage. You know, and that's just it's un, unmanageable. It wouldn't for pay you. Exactly. In relative to your salary. Absolutely, yes, yeah. 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 Um, I personally stepped away from a full-time media career after my second child, but our research shows that 80% of women consider not returning back to the workplace after maternity leave, but 52% have to because of financial reasons. Um, and on the other side of that, we're seeing a lot of attrition with the dads, and this is a post-pandemic trend. One in three dads are looking to change roles so they can get a better family and life balance, which they did experience during the pandemic. So we are seeing men like walk as well when they're not getting the support in the workplace. Now, what about the point that into the future and into the past, it was ever thus? Like when I, I'm 63 now, when I look back at my lifetime, there is this intense pressure in your 30s mortgages, you know, it, it abates over over time, you know, even though the amount is, is maybe the same per month, you know, it abates. You have all the things you, you're really looking for promotion and the kids haven't gone to primary school and it really all hits you with the world. But my point is this, you know, suck it up. That's that's just a phase of your life. You're not going to parties in your 20s. You're not doing things you do in your 50s. It is just a high stress point and it'll always be that way. 
No, it is. It's a very temporary period in someone's career and in their life when they have a, a young family and it is a temporary period and that's what the employers need to recognise. They're letting top female talent walk out the door after they've invested years, maybe possibly since a graduate has entered their building, invested years in training them and then they walk out the door in that very short period, a very short period of their life because they weren't supported. So so what you're saying is this, like I, I have a daughter who's right in this situation, she's principal of a local primary school and she, I, I actually see it in her face juggling, one is aged one and a half and one is aged coming up to three and I, I, I really feel her pain. So what are you saying in the case, like that's a public sector employer, she has all the responsibilities of being principal as well as teaching in a small school. I mean, how can, what could employers do different? So, well, first of all, in, in the private workforce, there's a lot of steps we can take to support people. There's things like role share. There's part time work. Um, you know, one of our lines that we love saying is, is part time is in part arsed. You can really deliver for an organisation while you're working part time during that really short period of your life where you're stretched. Um, but from a government perspective, I don't know whether you can you can role share a principal role or do that part time. So I do feel there's a different um, guidelines that need to be, to be set in place for. OK, for and of course, underlying all this is the loss of sleep which makes everyone more, like I get cantankerous without loss of sleep, but with loss of sleep, I mean, I really feel sorry. Oh, we're up all night with the child, you know. It's a, all right, let's go to, to, to Sinead. Uh, Sinead, what was the central point in your very popular article, The Broken Cradle? Good morning, Ivan, and thank you for covering this topic. The central point, while cost, of course, is a very valid and massive point, for many, it's about access. So you spoke of your daughter there and her role in, as principal in school and her position as a mother of two very young children. I have heard from countless teachers in that position who simply cannot access the childcare. There is none available where they live or they're on lists that mean they have to wait until their child is two and they are deferring this return to work. And for many, they feel, can I ever get back? And then for the sector, we are hearing, you know, that there is that there is a teacher shortage, that there is a shortage within the healthcare system. I was reading an article this morning. It was about a mother whose toddler has scoliosis and has been waiting months and months and months to be seen. And at the same time, I received a direct message on Instagram from somebody in a very similar occupational therapy position saying she cannot access childcare and therefore the patients that are under her care are not being seen. So it's it's so cyclical within society. It's not just I'm a tired mother and this is a very stretched point in my life. It is having knock on impacts across all our sectors where we rely on people to be able to return to the work that they had before they gave birth. So are you really calling for more subsidies for childcare? 1200 a month, uh, we heard there from uh, Michelle in relation to for two kids, it was more than her mortgage. Um, wh- wh- what are you What are you asking government to do in Budget 24? The access issue is not just a cost issue. I have had messages from doctors on high salaries, but they simply cannot actually get their child into a creche or into a childcare facility. They're not available. The creches are closing down. You had Elaine Dunn on last week. She said the sector is imploding. The staff are paid so little. It is, as as many have said, it's not just disappointing for them, it's embarrassing. They feel like they are degree-held employees who are constantly in the need to upgrade their skills, and yet they're coming out with 370 a week. 
they are leaving the sector. They cannot afford to live. So they're they're just abandoning that career and they're needing to go to somewhere else. And therefore, the creches are closing down. There are so many pressures on the sector. It is not simply cost. There needs to be a wider consideration. It's not just about how do we make this cheaper for parents. We make it cheaper for parents. We actually drive demand. There is no available places. But Sinead, is there not a reality for a, a baby under, uh, you know, when the maternity leave is over? What I observe people doing is going to childminders where they're in the house of the person. There's maybe their own kids as well. And, and you know, the, the, the creche is only open from nine till 12 anyway. And, you know, your childcare need, people don't finish work till four or five o'clock. You know, have you done any research into, you know, childminders? Is that in the black economy? How does that work? Well, the creche, no, the creche should be open some from seven until half past six. They run a full service. The ECCE is when a child turns three and that's for the three hours in the morning that are government funded. And even I've had messages this week alone from parents saying that they had their, their, their ECCE place guaranteed for September, which is when your child begins their first early childcare education. And the creche has just pulled their place and now they have nowhere for that child to start in September. So, it's not, it's, it, it's widespread. It, no, it's, it's also the baby parents. year I'm really talking about. Can I just bring in Michelle there? What does your research indicate about the baby year where it's really kind of very, very intensive? Well, in the, in the first year of baby, we typically have a long period of, of leave from one of the partners. Um, so childcare mightn't be required for the first nine months. Um, so, you know, if someone is returning to work before that, they will need to secure a baby room spot, which is is very difficult to get. Um, and in terms of finding childminders, um, it's not the black economy there. You know, um, there's a lot of, of red tape around becoming a childminder and, and paperwork with that. So we're seeing less and less of them, of them available. Um, I do know of one startup that is looking at an employee benefit related to childcare um, called Ugu, um, but it's it's very early stages. What's Ugu? It's it's going to be a benefit where the employer supports you to get childcare um, in okay. some capacity. But what are you, what are you looking for, uh, Michelle, in relation to the budget? Um, I think besides financial support and concessions made, I think there has to be a cultural shift in the government. If we look at Helen McEntee's recent um, points in, in media, I think something has to change drastically in our approach to this. And the financial element is only is only one. You mean the, the, the attitude to maternity Attitude, leave? support. Like women in, in government can't um, make their votes if they don't have, have childcare in place while they're on maternity leave. There's, you know, your your daughter is a perfect example of a principal who can't get any let up on her career. Um, we need to look at how we support women in that in those crucial early years. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the point made, Sinead, there is that actually the state and the employer has put a, a lot of investment into the we'll say female employee to get them the qualifications and get them the managerial experience to get them to this position and just letting that walk out the room is 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 not a good return on your investment because this is a somewhat temporary situation you know presumably when the kids start going to formal education it'll change what do you think employers need to do for this sort of interregnum period where people just have dual pressures Well, I think that we need to firstly look at the balance, the gender balance when it comes to the maternity leave. I think we need to enable more fathers to take more leave. We're assuming that the 
the woman wants to be the person who is at home for that full duration of leave given or that perhaps she is not the breadwinner in the scenario. Well, I, I thought it was optional that you could pick either. No. Well, no. only there's the, the paternal leave is not, is limited to a much shorter period, is it? A much shorter period of time. And it depends right. on the organisation as well. But, but back to your point on the commercial cost, Ivan, there is an exact number on that. You, it costs you 240% of an annual salary of someone who does not return from maternity leave. So, for example, if someone earns €50,000 a year and they don't return to your organisation post-maternity leave, it's going to cost you €120,000. OK, with big text response on this. Uh, with two of us working full time, it's still impossible to cover crash fees. It's basically another mortgage. Another says, I'm a teaching principal in a small school and a mother of two children. Childcare is so expensive in many years, but the real problem, as alluded to here, is... In rural areas, there's no availability of childcare. Parental leave uh, doesn't even help. I'd be willing to take it, but I've never taken a day of my parental leave because it has taken a minimum of a week in a long block. We're not allowed to take a day leave a week, which would help with childcare. I'd like to see a reform of parental leave in the teaching sector. It feels good to hear that even teachers struggle because for a profession with, profession with shorter working days and extended leave, it should be more tolerable, which is why it's traditionally a female profession. Childminders also prefer to have teachers' kids because they have term time off too. My point is not to disrespect teachers but to point out objectively that they do have less expense and challenges around hours than most professionals and it therefore shows how bad uh, the issue is becoming. So, I, I actually spoke to Elaine last week and I didn't quite understand Sinead what Elaine was looking for in the Crest Federation. What, their business model seems to be broken. Like you have all these schemes where parents can get the Eki scheme and so on subsidies. What do you think is the aspect that the government needs to focus on to keep creches open? The, from listening to that piece, and I heard you ask that question, and certainly she seemed to say that she wanted the government to come with a plan, which I don't think is the solution. Um, I think what needs to happen is that there needs to be real collaboration amongst all stakeholders. Employers need their staff back. You know, the health service needs their staff back. The teaching unit needs their staff back. The creches need to provide a sustainable career path for the people that work and have been educated into it. What needs to happen is real genuine collaboration and a change in attitude in government. You know, uh, to, to Michelle's point on the Helen McEntee um, situation, if there is a belief that perhaps women, when they're returning from maternity leave, aren't on a fast track to leadership, then we can't necessarily expect there to be those decisions made and passed down the track to us all. There needs to be real collaboration where all parties sit together and say, how can we fix this? Because it's not just about tired mothers at home needing a break or something a bit cheaper. This is the sustainable careers of many industries and the potential for our economy to continue to grow. OK, and remember, these kids will pay all our pensions, so we need <laughs> to look after them. My sincere thanks to Sinead O'Moore and Michelle O'Keefe of Platform 55. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.